Welcome to Life Solved. I'm John Worsey, and in this podcast, we explore how University of Portsmouth research is changing our world. And this time, we're even looking at how it's changing our understanding of the universe with one of the university's premier research institutes. We here in the UK are at the forefront of science discovery. It's really exciting to be a part of that. Today, we hear how space science has accelerated to become once again one of the most innovative and exciting sectors going. 20 years ago, it felt like a lot of the momentum and the energy and the excitement had gone out of space exploration, right? We had the moon landings and then a bit of a lull, but it feels now like people are seriously talking about going to Mars. Rolls-Royce is seriously talking about putting power generators on the moon and Mars. Professor Adam Amara is director of the Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation, or ICG, here at the University of Portsmouth. We study the universe, so anything you might want to know about black holes, the way the universe began, what dark matter and dark energy is, if you want to know about any of these things, you come and talk to us at the Institute of Cosmology, and we're at the frontier of trying to answer some fundamental questions. The ICG sees some of the nation's most brilliant minds working with incredible technology to ask and answer those big questions about our universe and even challenge existing knowledge. There's also a much more practical use for these tools too. When you're trying to find out something really fundamental about the universe, you have to do that by developing new methods, new analysis methods, and we have these incredible telescopes to look at the distant galaxy. These same techniques can be flipped the other way around and look down at the Earth. So if we want to track dolphins or we want to look at coastal regions, we want to understand uh, for insurance purposes how an area might suffer from landslides, all of the techniques that we develop in astronomy can immediately be applied and, and are useful there. The ICG collaborates with international partners to work with incredible technology offered by space science. For more than 30 years, the Hubble Space Telescope has been orbiting Earth and providing scientists with an invaluable resource. A major part of astronomy is having incredible instruments up in the sky. So Hubble is one of them. And we here at the ICG have been very involved in the development of space missions. And the interesting thing about space missions is the technology and the hardware is, is useful for many, many applications here on Earth. So for those of us that are trying to buy a house and we want to see what the neighborhood looks like, we can now go into Google Map and zoom right in to the, our future garden. If we want to get from A to Z, we've got GPS and all kinds of other positioning data that helps us get about our daily life. And in the past, and I think still now, a lot of space has to do with sending information down. So getting your direct TV into your house and more and more we'll be able to access the internet through space and just it just makes it easier to be connected everywhere you go. So all of those space technologies help us explore the universe and all the way down to getting from A to B. And that's, that's something that makes space super exciting. From tracking dolphins to TV shows and predicting geological behaviors, satellites bring amazing knowledge to planet Earth that can help us live better lives. 
But the raw data collected needs processing or coding to be of use. That's where the Institute's all-important data analysis skills come in handy. And that data crunching can end up answering some of the biggest questions in the universe. But do you have to be a science nerd to land a job working at the ICG? I started off as a sci-fi nerd. You know, when I was a kid, I liked sci-fi. I liked Star Trek. I liked Babylon 5. And it just triggers this emotional thing about uh, exploration. And so, yeah, then you can go on, you can study physics, you can study astrophysics, and you realize there's actually a career here in exploring the universe, which is open to anybody. Anybody who's interested can go and, and start to ask really interesting questions. Although the ICG is home to some really clever people, Adam's keen that anyone can use it as a platform to make pioneering experiments happen. What I'm really excited about is how do we build new experiments that, that where we can discover something new. And so here we have the space agencies are very supportive in trying to come up with new ideas. And the UK space agency in particular is trying to grow new things and new ways of doing this. By putting analytics, technology and problem solving missions together, Adam thinks that we can make smarter space missions. Classically, People talk about upstream space and downstream space and sort of keep them a little bit separate from each other and you're an expert in one or the other. Downstream space is how you can use data from space assets to solve particular problems. So you can imagine a great big telescope looking down at the Earth and then companies could buy that data and use it in some way to understand crop yields, for example, or again, monitor coastlines, things like that. People like me who are good with, with data analysis can immediately go in there and contribute to those discussions. So that's downstream data analytics. And then often separate to that, people have thought about upstream, you know, companies that build the hardware and launch it into space. They don't really analyze the data, but they're really good at making things small, robust and, and super effective. To be honest, I think it's healthier to think about a whole mission cycle where you start with an idea so somebody has a napkin, they just, wouldn't it be great if we could do something about, and then the thing that they want to do something about. And then you can engage with people who know about hardware, and you can do what's classically called upstream, where you design, build, launch an asset, and then you continue through the mission cycle, where you now exploit, use, and then again, another important thing that's coming out is we need to take care of our space environment. So once you're done using the data, you need to get that satellite out of the way so somebody else can use that space. So decommissioning, deorbiting is really important as well. Adam reckons asking questions is the most important skill anyone can have in making brilliant discoveries on behalf of humankind. He explained how his own curiosity led him into the field of dark matter. Yeah, so it's, it's really interesting. As an astronomer, that you can come at it from two different ways. So there's a history of astronomy dating back to Galileo, where you just need a really big observatory of the universe, and then you go and you look and you just discover amazing things. So that's kind of an astronomer mindset. However, we also have a lot of physicists, and physicists are sort of peculiar people. They ask a question and then they go build an experiment specifically to hit that 
you know how fast is light moving uh, do things do things in weird ways in my case the question i asked uh, in 2005 that i was interested in was around what is dark matter dark matter makes up most of our universe and why is the universe accelerating and getting faster and faster and faster and not slowing down the way it's supposed to because my training came in from physics i decided to try and design an experiment around doing that and one thing has led to another and that snowballed into now a major experiment that's led by the european space agency called euclid so euclid is i would say a billion pound class experiment that hopefully will launch next year and there's about a thousand scientists we're all working towards trying to understand the universe but it came from a desire back in 2005 to ask specific questions about how the universe expands so what is dark matter what's it made of and why does dark matter matter those are questions astronomers want to answer fortunately adam's one of those brilliant minds that are actually good at explaining stuff too it could be lots and lots of tiny microscopic particles like protons and neutrons or even smaller all over the universe or it could be giant black holes that have each one has the mass of about 20 stars you know 20 times just the mass of the sun that's a huge range of uncertainty of the thing that makes up dark matter and we don't know we have no idea where it sits in that range complete mystery but it's definitely there The interesting thing about dark matter is we've reached the point where we know the universe has lots and lots and lots of dark matter. Astronomers have put that to bed. We know there's dark matter, but nowhere else in science, nowhere else in physics do we see any evidence for it or can we understand what it is. So at the moment it's astronomers are driving the way. People at CERN have been looking for a particle that might be dark matter. Still we haven't found anything. And so My approach is let's push what we know and let's understand it as as well as we can get it. We could at any moment discover the fundamental particle that is dark matter or at any moment discover that they are the dark matter is made up of black holes that just are all over the universe. And so that feeling of being on the edge of a major discovery is really exciting. One way of trying to get a handle on what dark matter is is by looking at what it actually does. That's how you can then begin to measure something that you haven't yet defined. It has a gravitational effect. So dark matter pulls things towards it. It pulls stars and stars move in certain ways around galaxies because there's a lot of dark matter there. Galaxies move relative to each other in certain ways because of the dark matter in between them and the bit that i study the most is light as light travels to us through the universe it gets bent because it has to follow space time so it gets bent and if you understand the way light gets bent you know that there must be a giant lump of something dark that you cannot see between you and the thing in the back To Adam, one of the most important things about astronomy is that it is so appealing to so many of us. Even if you don't understand physics, there's something captivating about the mysteries of the universe and the capacity we all have to challenge existing ideas and conventions for thinking about it. One of the reasons I thought astronomy was great is because you can talk about it at the pub. You can sit there 
and you can explain it and you've got these weird and wonderful phenomena at the extreme ends of what we understand but people are interested and you can have a good conversation so I love it and I always try to put that at the underpinning of what I do if I can't explain it then something's not quite right I absolutely try to juggle all the high-end you know fancy equations that you have to solve all the way through to look this is what it really means and this is why it's interesting sometimes people find scientists to be quite arrogant and dismissive the truth is if you're a good scientist when you're presented with data that contradicts the idea you had you'll very quickly switch and um, that's what I like about it just you go where the data takes you the best day you can have is to figure out what you've been thinking for the last 10 years is completely wrong. That's like a great day in science. If you can change that, that shows some massive thing has happened. Seizing the excitement and immediacy of ideas is what's driving Adam's work forward at the University of Portsmouth. Thanks to explosively rapid technical innovation, ideas that might have seemed distant decades ago are now in the hands of diverse people and sectors to explore. Back in 2005, I wanted to explore this idea of a spacecraft, but it, it, it's, it's such a heavy thing, you know, you've got to, it takes 20 years to get a spacecraft up there to do science. And that's wonderful and the data will be great, but what's really exciting about what's happening today with a lot of commercial companies getting into space, uh, you know, you can hear about Amazon, they're revolutionizing the space sector. And especially around Hampshire and, and, and Surrey, we've got a lot of companies that are in this kind of new space domain. So they're moving quickly, they're using new technologies, they don't mind putting stuff up there that might fail, but then they learn very quickly and put in new tech. It's an area that's bubbling like crazy. And so I think what's interesting for scientists, so usually we want to think carefully and do things over a slow time, but actually no let's 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 connect with what's happening in the sector and let's try new ideas and so that's part of what i'm trying to do here at the university of portsmouth what we're trying to do at the icg is to use our current strength and expertise in space and to reach out across the university to find other space experts and then to establish a center for space missions so a place where we here can coordinate all of our space activities that will make it easier for us to work with partners in other universities, like the University of Surrey has a historically very strong space department. And it'll make it easier for us to work with companies around us, either the very big companies like the Airbus and the BAE systems. Or what's very special about this region is lots of medium and small companies in space. And so having a central place for us all to coordinate, I think will be a, a really big step up in what we're doing. By actually creating this hub for connecting ideas, expertise, funding and innovation, Adam hopes to accelerate space science for everyone, not just physicists. The South of England already has a thriving space sector. You might think of astronauts and moon landings when you imagine a career here, but the reality of working in the field is much closer than you realize. When we ask industry partners what they want, they are really keen to have well-trained people because there are literally thousands of jobs in the space sector and they're good jobs. And what's fascinating is that our region has all of these jobs. We have all of these companies. We have all of these opportunities. 
But what we can do in Portsmouth is do a better job of explaining what the opportunities are. And then along with that, we can offer better training so we can get people skilled up working with colleges in the region so that they're ready to go. And then I think there's a very interesting academic industry partnerships that we can work very well together. And in particular, my focus is on designing missions. What I'd love is anybody who has a good idea, wherever you are in the country, and you might know nothing about space, you can come to us, explain what it is you'd like to do, and we will get the engineers, we will get the scientists in a room, and we will design that mission for you, whether it be a commercial satellite or whether it be a science mission. Adam thinks that a career in space is a great place to look for skills that will have influence and impact in a wide range of other sectors. This is a high-tech sector with very technical skill sets, but around it, what you find is many other people want the same sort of training. So a lot of people need technicians who know how to build high-quality instruments all the way through to experts in data analysis. So wherever you go, you talk to people in the hospital and they've got really pressing important problems that it turns out astronomers are good at fixing. So that's that's weird. And the biotech community, they have very similar skill sets that they need. So if you can even train for space and then go into biotech and make a revolution in that area. Data analysis has become an integral part of most fields, which is why when I found out that my daughter, who's 10, is starting to learn how to program in Python, I was extremely happy because I think that's the way we go. Teach our little boys and girls how to code so that by the time they get to it, it's a basic skill like maths, English, and computing. I discovered an exoplanet once using a Python code. So, yep, you can do whatever you want with Python. That is an interesting sidebar. We'll get back to the ICG in a moment, but when someone mentions they've discovered a planet outside the solar system using coding, well, you've got to hear that story. Yeah, so this was a a collaboration. So I'm a cosmologist. I don't do small things like galaxies and planets. I do the universe. But I was having coffee with a friend of mine who works on uh, exoplanets, and they described the problem that they had with their data analysis. turns out to be very similar to another problem that I'd been working on, And so I said that I I think I can write a good piece of code that would beat what you're doing. So I just went ahead and did it. I wrote this code. It's called Pinpoint. You can even, anybody who wants to go can go on the internet and download my code Pinpoint. And so to test Pinpoint, I analyzed a star nearby. And uh, indeed, I found that there was an exoplanet around it. It's got a boring name, HD 10546b. But I think it was the fourth ever imaged planet found. So it was a very exciting time. We then went to Chile, where there's the ESO Observatory. These are the biggest telescopes in the world. And we spent two nights looking at the star in enormous detail and confirmed that, indeed, there was a little planet around the star. Great hobby. Great side project of my universe work. My side hobby was crazy golf, but I think I might get into coding now, too. Not only does the ICG connect businesses with trained staff for the space sector, It's helping to connect entrepreneurs and commercial sector innovators with scientists to make missions happen. The recent Mission Space event brought together businesses and organizations from across the region with national and international speakers to work out a way of moving forward. 
So we had a big meeting called Mission Space. The idea here was to host a meeting for the region to understand what it is that we collectively need and how can we plan to move ahead together in a coordinated and, and sort of collaborative way. It was a great meeting. We had 150 people show up. And what I was particularly excited about is half of the participants came from industry and the other half came from academia. And that created a very interesting sort of dynamic, one that I think we'd like to build on going forward. And what's clear is there's a lot of goodwill. A lot of people want to work together and it's clear that our region, the Surrey-Hampshire region, is it has a sort of special role in the national landscape. And what we want to do is make sure that we have a good engine. I think we, we need the engine of space is going to be around this region and we want to make sure that it works really well. So we're starting to put together a charter about how the sorts of things that we'd like to achieve. We had some interesting keynote sessions from a colleague from NASA who came over, gave us an international perspective. And what's really clear is there's a lot of opportunities for UK companies and universities to work internationally. We're a very desirable partner. We've got a lot of expertise that people want. We understood the UK science landscape. Caroline Harper, head of UK Space Agency, gave us a great presentation. And then we heard a lot about the company. So Doug Little gave us a discussion about his company and how a startup company in space can make its way through the harsh world of incubator from and, and almost failing and then surviving and then almost failing and then doing really well and then eventually succeeding. That was a great story that Doug gave us. And then we ended with a panel discussion where we just, everybody in the room contributed to what the region needs. And now we're just going to build from that. And hopefully Portsmouth can help facilitate that, those discussions. So what problems is the Mission Space team going to look at solving first? Some core themes have come through, mainly around skills and training, end-to-end -end capability. The situation in the Ukraine has really highlighted the need for resilience in our supply chain. Russia, obviously, is a big major space player. So if the UK depends on, for example, Russian thrusters, then that's a big problem. So we need to understand our supply chains and how, how we can have national sovereignty over those. And then strategic partnerships internationally. I think that's another key area that came out. So there's a lot of things that were discussed. And indeed, my team and I are working on how to bring that into a coherent narrative and a coherent document. In Adam's mind, the University of Portsmouth and other institutions are a really important piece of the puzzle when it comes to supercharging the UK's rapidly growing space economy. Universities have a, a very special role in communities that anchor institutions. So not only do we do the teaching and the training, but we, we have uh, facilities and capabilities around our research. Often you think about spin-out, technologies and knowledge being transferred out of universities, but actually it's more like a partnership. Some SMEs maybe don't want or need to host all the facilities for their technical development. So again, partnerships with universities turn out to be really, really good. Universities have also been very important in incubating startup companies that then go off and revolutionize the sector. So Surrey in particular has a very good history of incubating companies, 
that then mature into established space companies. SSTL is one of them. And then SSTL itself has now triggered more other companies and contributors to the ecosystem. So universities have a really special role to play in, in having a healthy, diverse, high-end technology ecosystem. What's the next big project for Adam then? Well, it's very much focused on getting people like you and me to crack the next big space innovation. I love enabling new ideas to flourish. So what I'm really excited about, what I'm going to focus on is, it's called a concurrent design facility, but it's the idea that we can enable anybody in the country to turn a crazy idea on a piece of paper through to a full mission concept that's hopefully up in the sky. And I, I think that's something that Portsmouth and the region is well positioned to do for anybody in the UK. We have very good links with the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and NASA Lab, which pioneered this way of doing things, and they're very keen to work with us. So for me, that's my passion, to enable other people to access space and come up with weird and wacky ideas for what you want to do up there. So what would Adam do if someone like you or me went to him with an awesome new question or idea for a space mission? I would fill a room with scientists, engineers, orbital specialists. We then grill them and work intensely for about a week. And usually within a week, you can take this initial idea of, hey, wouldn't it be good to do something like this, through to here's how you do it. This is what it looked like. This is what the electronics would look like. This is what the orbit would look like. This is what the tel telemetry would look like. And you can do it. It's, it's a very intense, exciting, creative session. And once you've got the full technical design, it's like an architect when you want to build a house. Once they've got the full technical design, you've got a great place where you can now go and you know what you want funded. So you can go and ask for the right amount of money. You know what needs to be built so you can go to the people that will build it and they'll build it for you and now we're getting access to more and more launch capabilities so getting it up in the sky is is relatively straightforward but the key for me is that first bit the nerd comes to you they maybe don't know anything but then you just fill the room with the experts that they need to get it done nerds unite you can find out more about the Institute of Cosmology and Gravitation and other work at the University of Portsmouth on our website, port.ac.uk slash research. We'll be back again next week. Follow this podcast on your favourite app so you don't miss it. And if you like this episode of Life Solved, why not share it with a friend and start a conversation? See you next time. <laughs>